Welcome to the Feminine Truth Podcast with Mary Miranda, a place where you can reconnect with your wild, cyclical, and fierce truth. I am Mary Miranda, a mentor, coach, healer, and intuitive. I guide women on a journey of remembrance, reconnection, and embodiment of who they are, their essence, power, and truth by reawakening the power of their feminine energy, womb, and menstrual cycles. Join me each week to indulge in raw, unedited, and unfiltered topics to help women own and step into their divine feminine truth and become unshakable, unapologetic, and bold in who they truly are. Let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Feminine Truth Podcast with your host, Mary Miranda. Today, I am so excited for this conversation. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be very deep. It's going to be just fabulous. And this listener and this person that I'm going to introduce to you, she's so beautiful. She's her energy, her essence. It's amazing. And I'm really excited to introduce her to you because you are going to fall in love with her story, with her journey, with who she is. So Dorotea, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I first want to introduce myself as a woman who is so in tune with herself and loves herself deeply because I have identified myself with my roles before, especially in my professional life. So that's how I wanted to introduce myself. Um, But professionally, I do digital affiliate marketing, online business coaching, and I'm a holistic mentor. I am so happy and so grateful that you're here. I know you also have listened to a few of our episodes of the podcast. And that's the reason why we started connecting on Facebook. I remember Mm -hmm. that. I remember the first time you tagged me and I was just (laughs) so honored because I started this project and it's been inside of me for the longest time. And when I launched it, I was so excited. I was like, what if nobody listens to me? You know, we always Mm -hmm. have that fear and I'm like, who am I to be uh, doing a podcast? So when I get feedback, when somebody reaches out to me, I'm just so honored and I'm so grateful to even have someone spend their energy and their time listening. So for me, it's even more of an honor to have you here because you've listened to the podcast, you've tapped <laughs> into, into some of the episodes, you've connected with my story, I've connected with your mm-hmm. story now that I know more of it. So thank you. Thank you so much for honestly being accepting to be part of this podcast. (laughs) Of course. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Like it's such an honor to be in this space and to connect with you even deeper and have this conversation together. uh, Because as I was listening to your entire past season, um, as I was walking down the street, uh, whenever I would listen to you, I just felt like I connected with you and just being here and having this opportunity is just truly amazing. And I felt like our paths crossed for a reason. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like all about energetics, how we met. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who added each other. (laughs) But I'm so glad we did. And I'm so glad that Um, You're about to share your incredible story. I read about it. And so why don't you tell 
us, me more than anyone, because I want to get to know you even more. <laughs> um, and my, the audience and everyone that's going to listen to this, like, how did you come to be who you are today? Tell us a little bit about your story. So if I would say the whole story, we would be here for hours. <laughs> you <got> time. <laughs> but, but what really started shifting for me was when I lost my job back in November 2020. I was in the healthcare field for 10 years. Um, and at that point, I was struggling to get my nurse practitioner job that I worked so hard for. for I went to college for a decade um, and then COVID hit. And so the whole like job process has been backed up. Um, nobody was hiring. And then, you know, everybody was asking for experience and I was a new grad. And so like, it took two years for me to finally land this, what I thought was my dream job in aesthetics. Um, and then I ended up losing it two months later. <clears throat> so like after that, I really was like, okay, who am I? Because I really identified with my role as a nurse. Like I put my whole entire adult energy into it. Um, and I was just so leaned into doing the right thing and just working hard that I completely fell out of touch with who I am. So now I really view that as a blessing, um, even though it really hurt like hell at the time, um, because it really gave me the time to figure out what I truly want out of life. Do I really want to continue doing that line of work? Or am I meant to do something else? So that happened in November 2020. And then it just seems like every month something happened in my personal life. So basically, you know, my professional life was taken care of by the universe. Yeah. <laughs> that was shaved off. And so I had a 25-year friendship that um, we had a big falling out. I just didn't feel unconditionally loved in that relationship. So I, I really tried to make it work, but I felt so drained um, and I just couldn't give more of myself in it. So that was something I was dealing with in the process. And it was a big hit because we were in each other's lives for such a long time. And then um, I also had one of my romantic relationships that we weren't like officially together, but we, we did, you know, have on and off connection with each other. And I, I felt like really deeply for him because he was like the first person that I felt like such an instant connection. Um, I don't know if we were like we met in a past life before, you know, you just yeah. kind of have, have that. So it could have been like that and a lesson for me now. Um, so that loss, I took it really hard. And then a couple months later, I ended up in the hospital twice in two months. So it was just a lot of emotional, physical, uh, and spiritual, like, grief that I was going through. And it just really compounded into this whole entire burnout situation. Mm -hmm. And um, 
the first time when I was in the hospital, I had a kidney stone. So that was um, something that I've had issues with, I think, for a while, but it like kind of blew up. And then a month later, I ended up having like a spiritual experience and this whole burnout. Um, and the doctors couldn't even really explain what was going on with me at the time. So I, I was in the hospital uh, for a few days. And then after that, I, I just was physically so drained. I could barely walk for a week. And I also needed help showering. So it was, it was a very humbling experience for me to be on the other side, you know, being a healthcare provider for so many years and then being in that state um, at 30 years old, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I was in a very low point at that time because I felt like I lost my job. I lost all of these relationships that I poured myself into. And then I lost my health. And I was like, well, what, what is left? You know, like, where do I go from here? I, I really had like no idea. So for the longest time, as I was going through school, like a little voice told me self-love, you know, and I remember in my conversations that I have with friends, you know, that self-love is the biggest thing that we can do for ourselves and in that moment everything that has happened in my life has pointed me to okay you have lost everything that you felt gave you value now you have to love yourself for who you are without all that extra external things you know so I really like had to invest in myself and since the doctors didn't have any sort of explanation as to what was going on with me, all of the scans, all of the labs, they were normal. The only thing that came back was inflammation, you know, and they couldn't explain where that was coming from. So everything was just like a stress response. And I'm like, okay, I, I need to get back to truly deciding for myself what am I going to do and it's really interesting at this point I came across my health coach that I connected with and it was so hard for me to invest in myself in that way because I was so used to investing in my college education into my jobs but not into myself so that was the first step for me to give myself the chance of doing this program. Um, and like that changed my life. <laughs> That's where it led me to be where I am today because I took that chance and I was able to learn how to heal myself holistically with her help um, through nutrition and lifestyle change. And I knew after that, that I can't, go back to like working a regular job <laughs> it was just not meant for me mm -hmm. so. wow your journey is so beautiful thank you so much for sharing and you You're have welcome. it comes to the point that you have to be your own advocate for your health 
when you go to the doctors, Western medicine, and you can't find answers, but you know, in your body and your intuition that something is not right, that you don't feel well, the last Mm -hmm. come back, all everything is fine, there's nothing wrong with you, which there isn't right, but we feel something inside the same thing, similar thing happened to me, that I Mm -hmm. went to so many doctors, and it was a stress, my body couldn't handle the emotional stress, I didn't know how to process my emotions. I didn't know how to heal. I was so Mm -hmm. asleep. And when I started reconnecting with my body and everything, and I started processing my emotions and tapping into my womb and everything, like my health started improving, Mm -hmm. but there's still things that I'm still working through, you know, but you have, it has, it came to the point that I printed out my symptoms and what I thought my diagnosis was. And I went to a functional medicine doctor and I'm like, this is what I think I have. These are all my symptoms. And I just like, I was all like a structure with it because I was so tired of going to doctors and them telling me there's nothing wrong with you. When I felt mm-hmm. there was something wrong, I was like, I'm going to be an advocate for my health. I'm going to be mm-hmm. an advocate for me. And I want to heal holistically. Yeah. Western medicine can be so beneficial, you know, for so many people. And I'm, I'm okay. I'm pro like Western medicine for the right reasons. But mm-hmm. when you don't find the answers, you feel hopeless, you feel this frustration. So you have to be your own advocate for your own health when you know, and it, this is like how what happens when you reconnect with your body, right? Mm. You yeah. have this inner knowing a full body knowing like, no, I there's a different way. There's a mm-hmm. different way. So it's so empowering how you went and you found your path and you that's how you were able to start healing and your journey and everything. So that's amazing. That's yeah. Really <laughs> Thank you. It just blows my mind because like all of my training was in Western medicine, mm-hmm. you know, and then me having my personal experience, like everything inside of me was saying, that's not the answer, you know, because like, the burnout I was experiencing and like the symptoms that I presented with, they thought I was having like a psychotic break Mm -hmm. and they wanted to put me on bipolar medication. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I can, I cannot even begin to wrap my head around this because I already had like very bad thoughts. I didn't want that to be worse. You know, I didn't want to become suicidal. Um, I knew I needed help. So I was like, yes, I want to do counseling and therapy. And that was like my first step of like working through all of the emotional trauma and things that have happened like in my childhood that I didn't even think affected me. So um, yeah, that definitely the counseling helped. And then like a month later or so, I came across my Ayurvedic health coach. So it was it was the whole going through like the psychological things but also down to like the basics of nutrition and you know fixing what was going on internally with foods and spices um and herbs you know that work together for my specific body and my mind type Mm -hmm. um and really resetting my nervous system with different lifestyle changes. Like I started doing breath work. Um, and I like, after my experience, I had such a hard time sleeping as well. Like 
<laughs> my it, it, it's just so hard to explain it felt like I was dying each time I was falling asleep because my nervous system was just so like shot and I had random feelings of panic and you know thoughts would just be like scattered so I could understand why they thought it was you know a bipolar thing but it's it was so much deeper than that yeah, because Western medicine, and this is not all of them, but some doctors are very kind of just focused on what their their specialty is, they don't see their body as a whole as body, mind and soul connection and how mm -hmm. one affects the other. It's all like, oh, kidney stones, it's the kidneys, but they don't understand that it could be an anger problem. It could be an emotional like that is that mm -hmm. not the only reason, but that could be making the problem even worse, the stress or whatever. There's so many factors. It's an integrative approach that we take. So let me ask mm -hmm. you a question. This is something that jumped. <laughs> sure. You are a by profession, a nurse practitioner. You went to school for a decade and all of this, right? Mm -hmm. Your goal was to take care of others, taking mm -hmm. care of others, helping others heal and everything. How was the switch for you when you needed to be taken care of? when you couldn't even bathe, when you were doing that, how did that not only humble you, that humbles you, mm. but mm -hmm. you're evil. How was the switch in you and body, mind and soul when you realized that you needed to be taken care of and when you were able to ask for help too? Yeah. So it was very hard for me to accept help. Um, mm. And at first, I, I didn't even feel like I deserved it which is so interesting. Um, I think because I was just so focused on helping others at first. And then when I was in that situation, I'm like, oh my God, like I need help. But it was just so hard for me to accept it, to accept the unconditional love that my mom was trying to give me um, as she was helping take care of me. Um, so that, yeah, that was definitely... <laughs> like a couple months that I had to work through and be like, okay, just, just surrender to it. Um, and that was something that I worked with my health coach too, because we were getting down to like the whys, you know, why I was so resistant to it. And it was, it came down to me not, not feeling like I deserved love. Mm. So is that, I is, thought, that, is that rooted in something that happened in your childhood? Yes, I, so my first memory was when I was six years old, and my maternal grandmother, she was dying. And I was trying to show her love, I tried to hug her and kiss her. And sh she just ended up turning her cheek from me. So that was like the first childhood memory that I have of, oh, you're not receiving my unconditional love. And and so, like, I didn't realize that it was such a deep wound, but it really did. Like, I think it made me, like, hesitant of showing it or accepting it, even though my parents both have showed me love since then, you know, but that just kind of stuck out to me. Um, and I think just coming from, like, a, a motherly figure, you know, my mom's mom, yeah. just and she also had a bond with my brother she like showed him love more so that was very hard for me 
to accept as well. Yeah, I can see that. So did you grow up being more like independent, like a go-getter, hustle, um, like I have to do it, I have to work for it, like, uh, you know, with that type of like the masculine energy, like in the forefront? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was inside of me. I don't think it was my parents telling me to be that way. But something innately was like, okay, I need to be able to take care of myself. I was so driven and career oriented, like, that was my life, you know, and I always try to protect myself. I think whenever I had um, emotional things that were hard, I would kind of set it aside and throw myself into work or in my studies because I know that I had control over that situation. So I think it definitely was a coping mechanism for me to be all in my masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And, and now I realize after my whole experience with burnout, that that was not really protecting me, you know? No, um, no. And yeah. especially when you, uh, you know, like, I don't know why this is just connecting with, with me right now that I'm hearing this, because I've also experienced something similar. I'm mm -hmm. not feeling like I deserve love. And for me, I always try to embody the masculine energy because if I was more like a boy, more like a man, have embody more of those qualities that I was going to be more accepted and more loved. And mm -hmm. so I also hit burnout and stuff like that. But um, I don't know how that could relate to what your grandma did and your grandma grandma's preference to your brother to a male mm. it's like it can shape us you know that can shape someone and be like oh wow if i'm if i'm more like him or wow. embody more like the male attributes figures the energy then i could be loved i could be more loved you know so a lot of us and this mm. has happened before too like i've heard this i've tapped into this before that we grow up with that and we think that if we hustle, if we are overachievers, if we are doers, if we just go, 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 and we make things done and we're independent and all this and their masculine energy, then we're going to be loved. Mm -hmm. you know, we are loved for what we do, not for who we are. Mm -hmm. Oh, know? yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's exactly like how we are accepted in society, too. Yeah. You know, that's how we are viewed as a value whenever we get a job. What can you do for us? You know, and it, it's conditioned as, as soon as we're like five years old, you know, in school, like we are conditioned to think that way, to act that way. And it's, it's just, it blows my mind because now like through my own growth, I see how far we have worked against our own natures Mm -hmm. And it's doing us such a disservice, mm -hmm. you know, as, as both, you know, the feminine and masculine collective. So, yeah, that really makes a lot of sense now. I'm so glad <laughs> that you said that because I, I wasn't sure like how it all connected, yeah. but yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense with why I was so into my masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't know, like, I connected with this, because when I was reading through uh, your story, um, there was this point that you said you come from immigrant parents. And so you're mm -hmm. a first generation here, and your parents left a communist country, right? Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know if it's true for you, for your story, but I'm an immigrant. I'm a first generation Mexican. My parents are Mexican. Um, I'm a mestiz. I'm half Mexican, half from the colonizers. And coming here to the United States, it's all about like coming to the American dream, a better life. Mm -hmm. It's all about money. You focus on you work, you go to school, you get a, a degree, you go to school, you get a degree, you get a mm -hmm. job, you get married, and it's all the American dream, the white picket fence, the you, the husband, the children, whatever. Yeah, I've gone against the grain to all of that, by the way, I'm so unconventional. But <laughs> coming here, there's as an immigrant, that has also that's also like another not trauma, I don't want to say it's super trauma, but it has been traumatic for me, because my identity has been questioned several times within me, because I'm like, I don't feel I'm Mexican, I don't feel I belong in the United States, like, I don't know where I belong. Mm. And it came to the point for me for my parents. It's like my parents brought me here, I need to show them that I need to make them proud. I need to get a job, I need to graduate from school, I need to get good grades, mm -hmm. I need to do this, I need to do that for them to love me for them to know that it was so worth it. I don't know how mm -hmm. if you relate to any of that. So then I was even more in my masculine energy. <laughs> because I'm like, I need to achieve all the things. So my parents mm -hmm. are proud of me because they didn't come yeah. to this country in vain. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I think so. Like I, I want to make them proud and they did come to this country to give us a better life. You know, it wasn't for them. It was for me and my brother, you know, so I felt like I was given such an opportunity to make something of myself, you know, to get that career that's stable, you know, which didn't end up being very stable at the end, you know, yeah. but just and and have a noble career, you know, helping other people being in a respected profession, you know, that's, that's something that somebody is proud of, you know, their kids doing. So I feel like, you know, all of my life up until this point, I have been taken care of by my parents. I want to be able to give back to them as well. So that has definitely been a driving factor for me too, um, with me being such a go-getter and driven in my career. Yeah. And how did it affect your parents when you decided you were not going to pursue your nurse practitioner professional career that you worked so hard for? And now you're pursuing something that lights your soul on fire and you're happy. Like, how has that been? Are they accepting? Are they supportive? How, are they upset? Yeah, so they are very supportive. At first, when I was making the shift at the very beginning, um, because like, you know, my journey was kind of broken up by my illness, you know, so at first, when I was deciding to go a different route, they were a bit concerned. They're like, okay, you have to go back to work, you know, because you have to be making money, you know. Um, and then when they saw how it affected me, and I was in, you know, such a fragile state, um, they really became supportive. And they're like, okay, we're going to support the decisions that you are making. Um, you know, you you take your time. And as I was feeling better, even like my mom was like, don't overdo it, you know, <laughs> just just do a little bit each day, you know, because um, it did take some time for me to be able to even look at my phone, my screen, 
I had such a hard time filling out a form. Mm -hmm. I had extreme headaches and just very weak. So like it really took a lot of time for my nervous system, my brain to heal. So they have been very supportive. Um, and they're not pushing me or expecting me to, you know, bring in all this money right now or, you know, to go to work or whatever. And, you know, I'm still able to take care of my bills. You know, I was very responsible with my money up until this point. So <laughs> I'm happy about that. So yeah, it's, it's such a blessing to be able to have their support because if not, I know that I would make it happen, but it would be so much more difficult. No, yeah, totally. For me, my parents, it's not that they're not supportive of what I do. They mm -hmm. want to see the income, like the big, not the big money. They just want my safety. They want mm -hmm. me to be taken care of. That's their concern. It's not that mm -hmm. they're not supportive. Like, of course, like they're not supportive of my period post, my period facial post <laughs> or things like that. My mom has said it's from the devil because she doesn't understand it. And I made the mistake of doing a cross. I could have done a dot. I just did a cross on my forehead and mm -hmm. my mom freaked out. And she's in my Facebook. She's in my Facebook. So she sees what I post. And it came mm -hmm. to the point that, you know, they're not supportive of those posts because it goes so against how they brought me up. But the way I was brought up, it's not who I am. It's not mm -hmm. me. It's not my truth. It's not my essence. I was so disconnected. So mm -hmm. let me ask you, how has been the journey of reconnecting back to you, to your truth? Um, because I think you were at some point very disconnected. That's why the burnout, that's why. I mean, besides maybe it was something medical, the, the health issues and everything you went through, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times it's our bodies telling us to come back to our, to our own bodies, to remember our truth, to remember mm -hmm. back to our essence, our femininity, our feminine energy, our masculine energy to like take a little <laughs> pause, you know? So how right. has the journey been of, um, where did where do you feel the disconnection happened to begin with? I just I feel like the disconnection happened when I had a little voice in my head that my nurse practitioner journey wasn't meant for me, mm -hmm. but I wanted to see it through. You know, um, I started having this like desire of learning about holistic healing and herbs and all I was learning about was medications and I just did not feel joy <laughs> you know prescribing those so I think like uh the disconnection started there and then as I was losing my other relationships like after I lost my job I realized that those were also disconnections as well because I couldn't authentically be myself with those people and I also didn't feel loved you know in those situations so I'm like if I don't feel loved this isn't a disconnect so I really feel like that's where it kind of started and like blossomed into the whole health situation that I had um, because Actually, the second time, before the second time I ended up in the hospital, I started reconnecting with my body. And 
I think intuitively I, I was told to like connect to my sexuality again, because that's like a feminine aspect of yourself, right? Like as a woman, you, you receive and, and you're vulnerable in that kind of state. So I wasn't in a relationship at the time. So I decided to get reconnected with myself sexually. And I also had like a, a curiosity around tantric sex also. So I put on like a YouTube video that had like the music and I... I can't even find it to this day. So I think it was just meant for me to find yeah, out Yeah, I'm time. pretty sure it was. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I just like let that experience happen. And as I got like reconnected with myself, I got so like in tune with my breath with that experience. And like that is just like the foundational way for you to connect to your body is through your breath and through your sexuality, you know? And it was actually after that experience, I ended up in the hospital the second time with the whole burnout and the whole like psychotic break that they were referring to. <laughs> but it was just an awakening that's the thing yeah. they don't understand they're not gonna if you tell them oh it was a kundalini awakening or it was mm -hmm. i was i was uh immersed in tantric music they're gonna be like what is this they don't have any knowledge and then and mm -hmm. I think that i've heard so many stories of people who are diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia and everything and all they're going through is a dark night of the soul is a spiritual awakening so mm -hmm. Tantric sex is such a deep way to connect with your own body. You don't need a partner. Mm. It, this is not right. about having sex. This goes way deeper than that. And that's mm. what a lot of people don't understand. So because they hear, they're like, oh my God, that's kinky or something. Mm -hmm. they're, they, they're not educated on it. It's like, yeah. for me, it's about re your reconnection with you, with your body, with your sexuality, with, like you said, through your breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't even really know much about it at the time. You know, I didn't read up on it or anything. I just knew I had a curiosity and I knew that I had to explore it. And yes, I, I agree. I had a Kundalini awakening with that experience. And it was so much deeper than what I would have ever expected. I went into it, um, not even knowing what the outcome was going to be. I wasn't going into it with a goal. I just, you know, was having my intuition lead. Yeah. So, so yeah, like during that experience, like I was able to like access part of my body and my brain in ways that I wasn't able to before. And like for the next few days, I was just like so in tune with myself. Like I, my hips began swaying, like mm. my body was just more feminine. And um, like on one of the nights, I remember like, I just had such heightened awareness and senses, like my vision was just so like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, it was like hypersensitive. Yeah. Um, like I kind of, it felt almost animalistic in a way. 
Um, and I don't know, I just like was channeling, you know, I was like blessing my room and like, I even went outside at one point, I was blessing the neighbors and my house and came back into the kitchen. And so I, I don't know, like I was just channeling some energy and it, it was, it was beautiful. Like at the time, I didn't know like what has taken over me. You know, I thought after the fact, oh my gosh, I'm possessed, you know? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's just, it's so amazing how like connected I felt like to, to my source, you know, to God um, and, and having that experience of the divine feminine, like through me. And, and just having that intimacy with not only myself, but my creator as well. Yeah, that's so powerful. So has this opened, besides the fact that this opened up some psychic gifts and more your intuition and your senses and everything heightened, mm -hmm. how has this opened you up sexually? So I haven't like experienced sex with other people since then. But I feel like when I do with myself, like I have like a, like a deeper sense of intimacy. Um, and it's really interesting because sometimes like, I feel like I have like, my body just like moves in intuitive ways and like kind of like yogic poses too, yeah. <laughs> which is really interesting. So like, I, yeah, just like, even like sitting sometimes, you know, like my hips just sway and like, it, it's more natural. It doesn't feel like I have to try, you know, when like I'm turned on or anything, it just, it happens. Mm -hmm. um, and like, for like a couple months after the fact, I was afraid to go there sexually um, because I thought I did something wrong. You know, I had like the thoughts of like, okay, like, was I possessed, you know, like, me having sex landed me in the hospital, you know, so I had all these tra traumas, I think that I had to work through around that experience and open myself up to okay, I'm, I'm safe to, you know, have sex again. Um, and, you know, be open to that whenever the right person does come into my life. Mm -hmm. I think like it's such a beautiful thing to create intimacy with ourselves before we create it with another person, another human. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's being so empowering to explore myself and to tap into my sacral chakra and my root chakra and just really like tap into my womb because mm -hmm. we, as women, so many of us, especially, I'm not sure, um, for you, how your religious upbringing affected you sexually or in this realm. But for me, it's like you doing like just talking about this is sinful. It's seen as sinful, as unholy, as dirty. Mm -hmm. So we grew up so disconnected that we don't even know we can create our own oxytocin. We don't even know how we can create our own pleasure and tap into into the orgasmic energy of that and mm -hmm. we just like don't know how we like to be touched how what we liked we don't we're so disconnected so for me when I started reconnecting 
with my sexuality, creating an intimate relationship with myself, it's when I started doing my self-pleasure practice, when I started really like understanding how I like to be touched, what I don't mm -hmm. like, my boundaries, what I consent to and not. And I was like, oh my God, I have done things without consent just to please another person and it all comes mm -hmm. from their upbringing right that I don't know yeah. how we'll talk about this in a little bit but for me it's like women from and this is not all women but from where I grew up and how I grew up it's our duty is to please men is to as a wife you have to provide your sexual services to your husband you know mm -hmm. and for me it's like no like there is just so much more we're not just objects we have mm -hmm. feelings we desire more connection and I don't think a lot of people know true intimacy in that sense and for me it starts with myself with yourself oh for sure you no know? yeah oh yeah because if you don't have that intimacy or that knowing of yourself there's no way you're able to know somebody else on that deep level. Mm -hmm. And definitely as women, I feel the same way. Like in order for me to have like a beautiful sexual experience and be completely vulnerable and enjoy the pleasure of it, I have to feel connected and safe, you know, in that, in that situation with that person. So definitely like getting connected with what you like and what you don't like, like you're able to communicate that better. You're able to have a voice um, and, and feel that you're sexy, you know, because like I've had experiences in the past where I did not feel fully accepted or that I was sexy in a relationship, you know? And so like that really like held me back, you know? Uh, from like fully expressing myself because I was either told, oh, we need to be quiet or, you know, don't be too loud or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, that does not even feel natural. You know, it goes against like everything that I feel like I, I want to experience, you know? So yeah. And going back to your uh, religious upbringing too, like I, I also was brought up in a strict religious upbringing as well. And so like sex was not even a topic that we would touch on. Um, so I didn't start like experiencing anything until my early 20s um, because everything was, oh, you can't have sex until you're married, you know, a man and woman. And then, you know, the, the wife be submissive to the husband and, yeah. and all that. So it was like, okay, well, in order for me to, <laughs> to be the good, you know, godly daughter, I need to, you know, act this way. I need to wait. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was, it felt dirty for me to even think of like experimenting with sex or, you know, having those thoughts, like that was just unheard of. That's, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that definitely like affected me, I feel like, uh, in my sexual experiences. And I felt like, okay, I was told a certain way, I was told how to act. And then when I had those encounters, I was like, okay, this person's telling me to behave this way. 
then this is probably what's expected of me and this is how I should be. This is how a woman is supposed to be. I didn't know, you know, any different. So I really felt like I I didn't have much of a voice in those um, relationships and getting back in tune with myself. I'm like, okay, I do have a voice. I, I do know what I want and what I don't want in a relationship, even in my own sexual experience. So I feel like much more confident moving forward, having had, you know, that intimacy with mm-hmm. myself. Yeah, yeah. So what religion were you brought up with? It's called Seventh Day Adventist. Wow. Okay. I was brought up Catholic and it's not, mm-hmm. they're not the same, but in at the roots, we are suppressed as women. At least that's my experience is my point of view. Mm-hmm. And everything is improper, immoral, you're sinful, you're dirty, you're a whore, you're a prostitute or whatever. If you have, you know, if you start having sex too young, or if you, I don't know, how was virginity brought up for you guys? Was it like the um for me for us as catholics in mexico my whole town was catholic it was more like if you if if you're not a virgin when you get married men are not gonna want you anymore Mm -hmm. like you lose your virginity before getting married nobody's gonna value you nobody's gonna want you nobody's gonna want to marry you so Mm -hmm. i kind of like i think since i was little i rebelled against that and i was like i'm never getting married and if i get married (laughs) i'm gonna get married until i'm 35 i am not gonna do it the way everybody has done it. I was such a rebel since I was little. Um, yeah. Trying to be a good girl, but I was a rebel because I was, my body was mm-hmm. telling me, this is not, I'm not, this is not what I believe. This is against me, but you're, you know, you're mm-hmm. little, you're conditioned and programmed with what your parents think is best for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So then right. like, it's just like this, your body is like this like turmoil, this conflict inside of you that you rebel against it. But virginity was such a huge deal (laughs) oh yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um like virginity it's viewed as being pure Mm -hmm. and yeah like worthy of being a wife like that is like the ultimate goal (laughs) as a woman you know to be like a virgin wife and yeah it's just it's so hard to live up to because like you said your body is like screaming and telling you this is not right you know like you have desires for a reason you have that it, like it's literally our life force you know if it wasn't for desire we wouldn't even exist yeah you know so, so powerful so true <laughs> yeah. yeah so it just it really blows my mind how like we're so programmed and i'm not even sure where this all came about You know, because I feel like centuries and thousands of years ago, this wasn't even like a thing. (laughs) No, we are born sexual humans is our innate behavior and mating and procreating. And I believe we are polyamorous by nature. We are not monogamous and that is, that's a fact. And that is, that's, there's research on it and everything. And um, our choice is to be monogamous, you know, you choose that you can be poly or whatever you want. But for me, I like monogamy. That's my thing. I like that a lot. But mm-hmm. I think our innate behavior, the way we are wired is that we are polyamorous by nature. Mm-hmm. 
And that is like, just thinking about that, you're like, no, that's sinful. That's not right. How, you know, there's like so much that can go behind that, you know, but it's yeah. like, where you are, that's completely fine. But I feel like my point of view is that it's all about control, how they try to control us through the religious aspect, Christianity early, early in the centuries. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, women just grew up so disconnected from themselves, from their pleasure, from their bodies. And just like the thought that we have always believed that pleasure is sinful, sex is sinful, like mm -hmm. it, the purity culture and all of that. I'm not pro that obviously, or modesty or <laughs> anything like that. I just like, I'm, my body's just like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm like a rebel against it. And for yeah. me now, I wrote a post the other day where I was like, I need to come back to my purity, but not in a sexual way. It's my truth who mm. I am below the conditioning, the programming, my belief systems that I grew up with. And yeah. my purity is like my own truth, my own belief systems, who I am now. I'm reconditioning myself to what I feel is good for me in alignment with me, what I want you know, so it's like a whole different, I'm like, I'm going to give it a different meaning for me. This is what it means to be pure, to be holy, to be whole, to be, you know, like if that feels so good to me, not this old school idea or paradigm of purity, being modest, being a virgin, being a good girl, like, um, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. It's an impossible standard to live up to. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, like if you try to stay in that standard, like you are literally um, just like minimizing who you are. And I feel like if you're on your deathbed with that sort of like vision of yourself, like you're just like, what did you live your life for? You know, like you're not being authentic and, and, what is the point of not being authentic? You know, you're just like working against yourself. And it's, it's really a shame how, how society just views that as like the picture perfect thing. But I think more and more people are waking up to it. You know, more women are having experiences like we have experienced. Um, so it's really really amazing that we're here talking about it, you know, and connecting with other people who think the way that we do, because the more we put our voice out there and share our story, the more people will come forward and realize like there's much more of us, you know, that we probably even thought. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Yeah, no, it totally is. And there's nothing wrong if your belief systems, if your truth, if your essence, you're like, I'm, I want to be modest. I want to be religious. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you're choosing for yourself, not letting somebody mm -hmm. for you. That's for me, that's power for me. That's like, I respect that, you know, but mm -hmm. a lot of us like grow up and we follow what all what we know because that's how we were raised and it's like you 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 have a voice you get to choose be pro-choice about your life you know if you mm -hmm. decide that's what you're aligned with amazing but if inside of you you feel like this body reclaiming like sensation like no this is not 
no, I, this doesn't feel good for me. Like, you know, it's your body screaming at you. It's the remembrance is the coming back to mm. your body because there's another way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, there's so many different types of religions that yeah. who's to say that one certain religion is the ultimate truth. And when you peel back all of the layers all of them point to a source that is higher than us, you know? So what do the details really matter, you know, of what's right and what's wrong when everything circles back to God, the universe, our source energy and, and love. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm still struggling with that right now. I just got some, um, I'm not talking about it as of right now, but I'm navigating some stuff. So I'm re-traumatized at the moment about mm -hmm. religion and religious men and sexuality as something came back that I don't remember from my childhood. So I'm navigating that right now. So I'm questioning mm -hmm. a lot. Who is this God? It, does he exist? Like, who do I believe? So like, mm -hmm. Back and I'm like, I thought I knew, and now it's like, no, like I get to heal this and really anchor into what is my true belief system as far as who the higher power is. Is it is it a god? Is there a goddess? What is it? And just mm -hmm. if this is an opportunity for me to really heal something that I have been avoiding because you know, it's just so intense. And I went back to Mexico in 2020, and my town is like 100% Catholic. So that mm -hmm. was a lot of very triggering for me. But I'm like, I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. Like I have to welcome the triggers. But mm -hmm. right now that every trauma came back, it's like, okay, I can't run away anymore. I have to face it. And so I'm navigating that through plant medicine, through healers, through like my life coach, and mm -hmm. just hoping to understand what happened to me when I was little and really understand how sex and religion was tangled up in that. So like reclaiming again, my sexuality, my belief systems around religion, not religion, my spirituality. And it, mm -hmm. I think at the end, it has to be like your spiritual spirituality based on your own understanding. It, if that's a God, if that's the universe, whatever, it's like, I'm like, why am I going through this again? So I'm in it. I'm in it right now yeah. when it comes to religion, when it comes to sex again, when it comes to um, men who are religious, that's very triggering to me. And mm -hmm. I had to meet someone that was Christian for me to <laughs> be re-triggered. And I'm like, okay, cannot run away anymore. We're going to face this. So I'm excited mm -hmm. for the journey. It's not going to be easy, but I'm actually very excited to find out like who I'm going to become on the other side. <laughs> yeah, it is really exciting. And you're going to keep on going through waves yeah. of confusion. And, you know, what is the truth? You know, like I've experienced that too. Like, I'm like, well, you know, who, who is God? Is God a man? Is God a woman? You know, <laughs> like just all these different things. So I totally understand where you're coming from and like your sexuality and, and sex in itself it's such a spiritual experience yes mm -hmm. so you having you know that journey that you're going through right now around sex and religion and or spirituality like it makes total sense because you're you know diving into a deeper layer of yourself 
So yeah, it's, and it's a layer it's that exciting. I, a layer that I didn't know existed much. And I did a plant medicine journey and stuff came up that I had blocked. Mm. So um, diving into that right now, it's a little scary, but I'm like, you know what, this makes so much sense. Now I can tie, connect the dots and then understand really like the root cause of so many issues that I've struggled with. So I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm excited. I'm not, it's just so funny. I'm so excited about going back <laughs> to trauma and then finding out you know, that's what we do when you're, once you're awakened, you cannot go back to mm-hmm. being awakened and be asleep. Once you know mm-hmm. uh, the potentiality, when you start healing and what, who you're going to become on the other side, it's just like, you just get excited for it, you know, and curious. And you are like, this is going to be great. At the end, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Like when you come in from the other side, because we have gone through so much healing in our own journeys. So we know, okay, we've gone through so much struggle, but we knew we made it on the other side. So, so we know that that's coming, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, the beautiful new version of you is coming. So I think like me, I had my first time through this experience. So I was afraid I I didn't know. So it was a very scary thing at first. And I didn't know how I was going to come out of it. If I was able to come out of it, I was just in such a dark place. But now that I had enough self-love and stuck with the journey uh, I see the other side and how beautiful it is and I'm excited for those waves to continue you know coming Um, and it's interesting how you mentioned the plant medicine because I'm learning about herbs Mm. and spices and things now with my health coach so maybe some other things are going to come up for me too I don't know (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, I took um, herbalism courses like during COVID in 2020 mm-hmm. and also in Mexico. There's, I have so many plants. I brought so many plants from there. So I was doing my own tinctures, my own everything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. my next step is to take some of these teas because they help holistically too. But I'm like, my next step is going to be plant medicine, like psychedelics to help me really heal some deep stuff I wasn't ready before because for me it's a sacred thing to do connecting with plants is sacred mm-hmm. I have this thing that uh, I channel plants so like if I touch a tree I can feel the tree energy uh, in Mexico there's this tree that looks kind of like the willow tree but it's called pirul and we use it for limpias which are cleansings and all of that from like the evil stuff and things like that so like mm-hmm. Connect with that so much every time I would pass by and I would see all the beetle trees like I remember like I would just feel their energy and there was one time that they cut the tree and I started crying because I felt the pain so then mm-hmm. when I started herbalism learning about the plants and the herbs and everything I somehow I was meditating and I just grabbed, started grabbing different herbs every day. And I was just channeling the message, their spirit. Um, it's something that I do as a practice and I love it. But the next step for me is like, okay, once I feel ready, I will explore plant medicine, psychedelics to help me uh, reach deeper layers of my healing. And when mm-hmm. the time came, 
I was welcome. I was like prepared for it. I was like, okay. So I connected with the spirit of the, the plant medicine I took and I didn't expect what came out of that session. I never thought something was going to be awakened, something that I don't remember. I still don't make sense of it. And then you get to the point that you're like, was it true? Did it really happen? Did it not happen? Oh my God. Like, and you question yourself, you know, but then mm-hmm. my body knows my body remembered because I would like start crying mm-hmm. and shaking. You know, my, my body remembers. It's okay if I don't remember consciously, but I remember my body. And that mm-hmm. is a power of reconnecting with your body, reconnecting with your womb, reconnecting with yourself, your intuition, that you trust it, that you mm-hmm. don't doubt it that you don't question it much. Yeah, I want to know what happened. Of course, I'm like, I'm about that. Um, So I do want to know what happened. So I'm ready for it. And I was like, you know what, this happened right now that I met this Christian man that I was seeing, because I'm ready to heal this, I have the tools, I have the support system, I have the sisterhood, I have everything to be able to walk this trauma again. And I'm not Mm -hmm. alone. And It's just for me, I'm excited. And I'm also at the point, like you said, we go through the waves, you know, and as as coaches, like you and I, Mm -hmm. if we we are not our best clients for ourselves, like how are we going to lead our clients, you know, in our experience, like you, you're a business coach, you do so much, you're more than a business coach, you're also a holistic wellness coach, you're, you know, you have like a jack of all trades right now. All your experiences are helping you become a better coach, a better mentor Mm -hmm. for your clients. Because when a client comes to you, oh, I've dealt, this is blocking me. And then you guys find the root is something related to religion or something, you know, like maybe a money belief is tied to that. Maybe something, you know, not you you don't want to be seen because you were not supposed to be seen when you were little because of your religious upbringing or whatever. So it's like, you're like, I understand that because I've been there mm-hmm. and it's just so empowering. So like it got to the point, like seriously, that I was like, I've gone through so much stuff. Like every month, like you just said, every month, it seems like mm-hmm. something's coming up and I'm like, but this is in my toolbox to help my clients better. Like I mm-hmm. cannot see myself out like I'm too damaged. I'm too broken. I'm too much of a mess. No, I am becoming a better client for myself and I have so much more wisdom and knowledge and I can help my clients with so many things that mm-hmm. even if I'm not the right coach for that, I can be like, you know what? I get it. I've been there and mm-hmm. I can take as far as I've taken myself, you know? So that's so cool. Like we just yeah. have ups and downs, we embrace them. We just like welcome them. And we know that it's just, it's making us not better, not only better as women, but as coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like us being able to tap into what we have been through, we are able to connect with our clients on a deeper level and relate with them and be like, yeah, like we're human, like, we've gone through that. And like, they are talking with someone who has gone through a situation, maybe not exactly like they did, but similar. And they're like, okay, like she has gone past it. You know, so we're like a living testimony for them, you know, and a hope and an inspiration that, okay, like I'm able to get through, you know, with their support, or even if you don't know how to exactly help them, like, you know, we're able to connect them to other people who can or have expertise in, 
you know, either like mindset or, you know, herbs or whatever it is that they need. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. So like, so with everything that you have gone through, everything that you have experienced, everything feels to me the way I'm like with this conversation that we're having that the journey has been just returning back to yourself and learning to love yourself again. Mm -hmm. That feels like that has been your journey. And that has been my journey, of course, you know, but everything is always like a remembrance of like return back to your body, return back to, to your intuition, like return back Mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. I learned how to love all of me, Mm. especially the parts that were difficult um, for me to love when I was in, you know, my darkest times, I learned to not only love myself, but also forgive myself and thank myself, thank my past self for taking the steps that led me, you know, to like my fall or, you know, landing in the hospital or whatever. Like, you know, I, I took that really hard on myself and I blamed myself so much. So after the fact, when I started reconnecting with myself, like exactly how you put it, like I truly unconditionally loved myself and started accepting it for myself from other people who unconditionally love me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have to learn how to, it's not right now that I'm tapping into it, it's not so much like learning how to love yourself. It's like receive your own love, receive Mm -hmm. your own affection. Like how can we receive it from someone else when we cannot receive it from ourselves and give it to ourselves? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's like receive it from our feminine energy, give it from our masculine energy. It's like this duality within us. But Mm -hmm. like your journey has been like fully and completely loving and accepting yourself. And like, like you said, acceptance, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. because we are so imperfectly flawed <laughs> and yeah. human in this 3d world that just accepting us is just so hard for so many of us i know i struggle with that so much mm-hmm. like what did you what do you think was the breakthrough that helped you accept yourself or the moment that was like oh like I finally accept myself. Oh, I think just getting down to the simple thing of like my breath work. Like I know that's something that I, it's it's like a non-negotiable thing for me to do morning and night. um, Because I was able to just like calm everything by doing like my alternate nostril breathing and that like helped balance out my masculine and feminine. So once I felt like I was balanced out in my body, I was able to just think clearly or just, you know, have clarity and be at peace of, okay, this is all of who I am and I'm at peace. Like just, just that simple act of breathing it's powerful 
Yeah, and it doesn't have to be this elaborate way to learn to love and accept ourselves. It can be so simple. It mm-hmm. can be so soothing, so soft, so simple, so like like careless at the same time that you're like, like what? That little thing did it for me. And mm-hmm. it's more it's more because we struggle our whole lives as women, we have to fit in, we have to do this, we have to act this way, we have to be proper, we have to do this, oh my gosh, we deal with so much. So when we come to our truth, to our essence, to our nature, to our purity, and Mm -hmm. we can accept that we're human, then we're gonna screw up, that we make mistakes, and we have to accept that and forgive ourselves the times that we have to. I think that's the hardest thing. It's accepting mm-hmm. and forgiving ourselves in order to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's something that we just have to keep reminding ourselves about, you know, no matter what is happening around us, you know, like you just have that remembrance of like, okay, I'm okay. And I know how to love myself and get back into my body. And, and like truly accept who you are, no matter what happens around you, you know? Yeah. Do you think, and this is something that just popped into my head that I was going to ask <laughs> earlier, you lost, you have gone through so much loss in a way, you lost your job, you lost your that friendship, you lost that romantic relationship. And mm-hmm. you lost so much. But at the end, it was a journey that was reflecting back that you needed to gain yourself. You needed, mm-hmm. you lost everything so you can finally focus all that energy into giving it to yourself. And then now that I feel like you feel so whole and complete. That's how I'm feeling your energy right now that you mm-hmm. don't feel the lack or the scarcity or the loss. You know, you're at this place that you're mm-hmm. so accepting of you and loving of you that you feel all those gaps of unmet needs of, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it does. Um, Because like, I have gone through waves of emotion, like, you know, I remember those losses. And, you know, it does hurt. And it does still affect me. It's, it takes time, you know, and I think there's always going to be thoughts that come from that. But I'm able to bounce back so much quicker because I do feel like I am whole, um, you know, and I do want those, you know, valuable friendships that are, you know, show unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And I do want that man in my life, you know, who also unconditionally loves himself, you know, that way we are able to have like a healthy relationship. Um, but me not having that man right now, I don't feel like I'm not whole. Yeah. Or like there's something missing or there's right. something lacking in your life. And I think mm-hmm. for, for, for us, for so many people, and there's nothing wrong with it. If that's what you really desired, a romantic relationship, finding the one, your soulmate, whatever for me. And this is what I realized, um, at the end of the year. It just came back. It just came up to me. I made my entire life revolved around men. Mm. Revolved around finding the one, finding love, which is funny because I never wanted to get married. 
But in the back of my head, I always said, oh, I wonder what my husband would look like. Why marry? I got married and I got divorced. So I know what he looks like now, you know, but <laughs> yeah. I made, I made, um, I made my entire life, especially around my twenties, my thirties around men finding love. Even if I wasn't dating someone, it was always healing so I can mm attract the men of my dreams healing so I can heal this trauma so I can finally get the relationship and love that I want and it was Mm -hmm. always that and I was just like I got so fed up with it I was so tired of it I was like I'm done the end goal is me Mm -hmm. I'm the end goal now like no man anymore like it just like I don't know like I was always like doing self-love and I loved myself and I accepted myself but behind the reasoning behind that was to find love, to attract a man. Because if I love myself, I'm going to attract someone that's going to mirror that. It mm-hmm. was still, I was still making the end goal about a man mm-hmm. that didn't exist. It was an invisible future man, <laughs> you know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, even in my imaginary man, no, he ain't the end goal. It's me. I'm my upgrade. Mm-hmm. I'm my end goal. And I just got so pissed and so fed up and just the fire lit up in me that I'm like, I am done. Mm-hmm. Like I am done. I'm always healing from something that a man has done or not done, but you know, in the, in the dynamic, something came up and now I got hurt or I got divorced and all this stuff. And I'm like, I am done. Cause even when I was single and healing from this relationship, I was still healing from men. And I got to the point that right now it's like complete detachment from any man I feel so pure I feel so good that Mm -hmm. I don't I I am loving being in a relationship with myself I'm not single I'm in a relationship with myself and I feel so happy that I am my end goal I'm like yes we are the prize we are the upgrade we are the end goal we are you know connect so connected to ourselves that it's just like for me that's the most empowering thing I have ever done for me Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have been single most of my life. Like there was one like kind of longer relationship that I had. It was 10 months. Um, So I personally haven't experienced like a a long-term love. So it's something that I would like to experience in my life. But now for the first time in my life, I am happy being single and I'm, I don't feel like I'm lacking or I'm lonely um, because, yeah, when I was out in the dating world, you know, I, I did find myself like healing from situations or really like overthinking, what am I saying? How am I acting? What am I doing to please somebody else? Or, oh, like, why didn't it work out? You know, just like kind of beating myself up about why something didn't lead to the next thing or why I wasn't worthy of that man's attention or affection, you know? And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe, you know, I was like waiting for somebody else to show me that. Yeah. You know, now I know that I can show that to myself and no matter what, whether I am going to have, you know, five men in my life or no man or whatever, like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and, and I'm able to show myself that affection and uh, give myself that intimacy because yeah, I know I can create it for myself. No. Yeah. And then once you create that, then it's not like, like, it's okay to still want a partner, a relationship eventually right now, but it's, I think mm-hmm. 
we need to, and that's my opinion to get to this point that we're so whole and complete on our own that we mm-hmm. still desire from a place of like oh my god excitement not from a place of i need love or i am so needy and desperate because i'm i have unmet needs or unhealed wounds and things like that no now it's coming mm-hmm. from this place that is very empowering because you're like I feel like I feel more healed. I feel so happy alone. If he comes good, if he doesn't good, Mm -hmm. it's a point of being unbothered by it, but also Mm -hmm. knowing that when it comes, it's going to be amazing because you're going to be your best version. And right Mm -hmm. now you, and I think as women, that is so empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's something to definitely remember moving forward that no matter what, our worth doesn't come from somebody else or somebody else's love for us or what we do, you know, our, our worth comes from who we are just being. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really embracing your feminine energy, you know, and that was something that I really had to, (laughs) you know, embrace Uh, And it's really beautiful because I feel like I'm so like in tune with myself now. And I know when I need to, you know, be more in my masculine or more in my feminine and like, I give myself what I need and I don't feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you're coming to this place of fulfilling your own needs and just completing yourself and when the person comes, comes, then, you know, right now it's just, you're in a beautiful journey, helping women mm-hmm. and like, you know, just like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know like when the right person does come into your life, whether it's for, you know, a season or for the rest of your life, you know, I, I don't have that expectation of something lasting forever, you know, until the day I die. Um, <laughs> that's so much pressure. <laughs> it so is much. a lot of pressure, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, yeah. When whenever that person does come in, like it's gonna be, you know, the right thing. Like I'm either gonna learn from it, or you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be much easier than what my experiences have been before because I feel like I'm not gonna have to force anything. Yeah. You know, I'm not forcing who I am because I am that next best version of myself. And if, you know, it's not accepted, then there's a door. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it just comes to like the relationship you have created with yourself and you have Mm -hmm. crafted and you have worked on daily. It comes for that, like your power, it stems from that. So that's, that's amazing. So what are some Mm -hmm. of the things to help you reconnect back with yourself besides the breath work and the tantric uh, sex practices? Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that I do in the morning is to give gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even if I'm having a bad day or not feeling the best, I give thanks for like the little things, you know, like waking up for my eyesight, for being able to hear the birds in the morning, like especially now with springtime, I just love hearing them outside. So gratitude is something that I, I really do. Um, and not feeling guilty for putting my, my needs first. Um, so I've promised myself to, to do massages 
like I've always viewed them as like, you know, this self care or pampering thing. But it's something that I, I really do for myself. Um, because I, I know how much tension I carry. Um, so just yeah, being in that feminine energy of receiving, you know, that care, and, and really caring for myself. Um, and being in tune with like my diet too, because that has really helped heal me. So yeah, those are definitely like non-negotiable rituals that I do like on a daily basis. Um, and also moving my body too. Like I've really started connecting with myself through dance. So that is something that I, I really enjoy doing for myself to keep staying in tune with my energy um, and feeling good and feminine and like who I am at my core. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I love those practices. I love intuitive dancing and just letting your body move the way it desires to without forcing mm -hmm. it, just letting it flow. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so good. <laughs> it does. It does. So I want to read something that you wrote um, that I feel it's amazing. And it's, um, this is, I'm quoting you. Okay. <laughs> says, okay. Once I started listening to my own voice, what feels right and aligned with me, the opinions and fears of others no longer held me back. I didn't care Oh, I didn't care that some interpretation of the Bible said that sex is only reserved for a husband and wife. My sexuality is my gift from my creator, and I am empowered to experience sexual pleasure, whether I am single in a relationship, married or not. I am my own entity. Mm -hmm. That is freaking of a goddess. <laughs> <laughs> Just that I am my own entity. Mm -hmm. Like you have come to this place that you know your truth, your essence, your power, and it's not an easy path coming from immigrant parents, coming from this upbringing with your uh, religion, coming from being disconnected from your body, coming from health issues, coming from all of this, that mm -hmm. journey that you have walked that path that you have walked it's a lot of like blocks it seems like blocks you know but at the same time mm -hmm. it's like things that were preparing you to be who you are today and just like mm -hmm. saying that having listening to your own voice and you heard the call mm -hmm. of remembering to come back to your body remembering to come back to your feminine energy to your womb to your essence and not a lot of women hear that call Mm -hmm. They don't hear the voice because we are just following what the path that everybody else has carved or lined for us, you know, like our parents, there's nothing wrong with that if that feels good for you. But for me, and for you, it seems like, no, I get to create my path. And you mm -hmm. know, there were so many places that you diverted from that path, but now you're back on it. This is the path where you were born we get diverted, but at the end goal is always there, reconnection to us, loving us, our truth. And just like, like you said, your own entity. 
Yeah. How do you feel now that I read that back to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's so powerful. Uh, I don't even remember like the exact <laughs> statement. You know, I was just, I was like in tune. I was just channeling yeah. um, that. And yeah, it is, it's so powerful um, to remember you are your own um, and your own voice. Like we are such individuals you know, and we have our own gifts, our own experiences, our own voice. And we're supposed to be able to be open and share that with the world. You know, like, we're not supposed to be in this mold and like a herd, and just like keep on doing a certain thing. Like, that's not who we are. We all have our certain stories, you know, that, that are meant to be told that are, are meant to unfold for, for our healing and for healing for other people as well. So yeah. I think being confident in that and, and in your own voice, even though, you know, it may be scary at first because everything you were ever told is wrong, you know, like just, yeah, like you said, some women, they don't feel like they have the voice, but I think it's in there. You know, it, it's, it's just very suppressed. So once you start surrendering to everything that may be happening in your life and you think that it's tragic, it's actually peeling off a layer for you to be able to hear your voice again. Mm -hmm. And not only like being able to hear it, but trust it, mm -hmm. trust it and yeah. Because a lot of times we hear it and we ignore it. No, no, no. You know, we, mm -hmm. we ignore the nudges. We ignore the body feels, the constriction. We ignore it when it's mm -hmm. bodies telling us, hey, pay attention. Like, come back to me. Come back to me. And yeah. um, like just trusting the voice. Mm -hmm. calling. It's, it's, yeah, not a lot of people can do that. <laughs> right. And sometimes it takes a landing in the hospital for you to yeah. truly, you know, get the message, you know, sometimes it has to happen in that big way for you to truly follow your voice. Mm -hmm. Because I think that was like the main, like turning point for me for reconnecting with myself. Yeah, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to wake mm -hmm. up again. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel is your truth now? I think it's just being open with who I am and being confident with that. Like no matter what the opinions are of other people, you know, it was like nerve wracking for me to, you know, even have this conversation, mm. but I just, I listened to my voice and that excitement for, you know, this conversation with you because I, I just trust that something beautiful is going to happen out of this. And it will mm -hmm. <laughs> and a powerful conversation. And a lot of women are going to relate to every, your story, what we talked about and your journey. So when a woman comes to you with, um, whatever you help them with, what is your initial guidance? Like, how do you help them initially when they come to you to coach? 
So with my coaching, it's for online business. So you're able to connect with me through like either my Facebook page or my Instagram. And we have a conversation to see like where you are in your life. Um, like what are your current situations? You know, like, are you struggling, you know, with some health issues, financial, um, you know, like either, you know, mindset, things like that. And then I'm able to see like how I'm able to help, you know, either like business coaching or like holistic health mentoring and like be able to be like a hub for them you know, and be like, okay, like, if it's more like health related, you know, I can direct them, you know, to someone who has really helped me, um, and give them guidance and tips of like, what has really helped me in my own journey. Mm -hmm. So just really like connecting with the woman and seeing, you know, what they are really going through in their life right now and seeing like, where I'm able to help them, you know, whether it's, you know, making like a professional decision or more like a personal decision for themselves in their journeys. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that people can work with you right now? Through um, my business coaching right now. So I am in digital marketing. So I'm able to coach women who are burnt out, like I was. Mm -hmm. So I really like help out my former self <laughs> in a way because yeah. I have been in you know their shoes um to be able to like work through their mindset and create like a career change for themselves if they feel like they're so burnt out in their current professional journeys and create like a life that they really love and enjoy and are passionate about because like the most important part of your job is being you yeah. <laughs> and, and sharing that with the world. So like having like the online opportunity uh, and working in the online space, you could really be your whole authentic self. And that's what I truly align with. And I feel like the women who also align with that message can connect with me and, you know, talk with me about, you know, what they are looking for to have as far as, you know, creating an online business for themselves and just being authentically who they are. Yeah. And that's exactly what you have done for yourself. Like you left this nurse practitioner where well, you were forced to leave it. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah. everything because that was not meant for you. Mm -hmm. I know you worked so hard for it and you got your title and everything, but I think the uni universe knew that you were meant for more and now you're mm -hmm. here coaching women through what you went through so they can finally leave their nine to five or their corporate job and really find what their soul wants to do and, mm -hmm. uh, and find another way, you know, and then that's just so powerful that you get to do that now. Yeah. Women, the path that you walked on. Yeah. It's so powerful because I'm able to help in such a, bigger capacity than what I could have even imagined, you know, as a nurse practitioner, because, you know, having like the holistic health being such a big part of me, 
you can't just separate who you are, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, what your roles are, professional life, like it all makes up who you are. So being able to help in that capacity, I think is just, it's amazing. And it truly is a gift and more than what I could ever ask for. Yeah, I'm so excited for the women that get to work with you in the future and tap into your energy. Thank Um, you. What are some ways that people can connect with you? Is it through everything is going to be in the show notes, but just tell people how they can reach you and connect with you. Yeah, you can connect with me on Facebook at Dortea Pataki and on Instagram, designing each day as desired. And I also have my website. You can connect with me through your name and email. Um, it's www.dorteapataki.com. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to tell us, you want to share with us, or just any words of inspiration, anything that comes through? So whenever you feel like you're lost or like everything is falling apart, just trust that it's happening for a reason and try not to fight against it because it's leading you to where you are meant to be and to who you truly are at your core. Mm -hmm. The path always leads you back to you, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It does. And that's what you will always have for the rest of your life. You're always going to have you no matter what, you know, job title you had or how many failed relationships you had or losses in your life or, you know, anything, you're always going to have you, you are the most important project you will ever work on. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Well, I am so grateful that we were able to have this conversation. I'm so happy we connected and you went from listening to one episode, two episodes, to now being part of my podcast. I'm so grateful <laughs> and honored to have you as my guest today. Thank you so much. Thank you. This this was so amazing. And I'm so happy that we were able to connect on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And like, it's really amazing. I never would have thought, you know, listening to those episodes mm-hmm. that I would ever be here sitting with you. So thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk with you and share my story. Yeah, your story story deserves a spot on my podcast because I fell in love with it and your energy and you're just like, go follow her seriously. Everything you share (laughs) on social media, your reels, your um, your stories, Facebook stories, Instagram stories are so uplifting. You're always like so positive. You exude self-love. And like the true embodiment of it. So go follow her. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation on the Feminine Truth Podcast. This podcast is for you, for me, for us, for the Feminine Collective. 
Thank you for spending your time and energy with us. I so, so, so appreciate it. Please, it would mean so much if you could share this in your Instagram stories, in your Facebook stories, or everywhere so this message gets spread and others can find this podcast and this conversation. And if you feel like someone needs to hear this message, please share with them. Um, I would be so grateful for you and let us know your thoughts, how this has helped you how you connected with this topic or how this has felt in your body and lastly if you feel the pull I would be immensely grateful if you could take the time to leave a review so more people can find my podcast and this conversation I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you on the next episode